It's time to get inspired. It's time to have some fun. It's time to take your relationship to the next level and create the marriage you always believed was possible. Come on, join us as we learn from real couples that have overcome real problems with real solutions. Welcome to the Unstoppable Duo Show with your hosts, Rebecca and Tim Lindsay. We're so excited. We've, uh, we're interviewing three different couples from our 90-day breakthrough program uh, on the Unstoppable Challenge. Uh, one couple is the Gilmers. Maybe you've already heard from them or not. Have they already heard? I think they did. I think they did. Now we're on to the Pelbas. And then the next couple we'll be talking to are the Kellers. And these are a very, very exciting couple. And we're so excited to have you, Lyndon, and you, Alex, on the show today. We're excited to be here. We met you on our last 90 day. Another couple, I think it was even the Gilmers invited you. And I remember you both walking in. It was like in a room in the church where we met for the first time. And you seemed this dynamic couple. I remember you, Lyndon, you always have to smile. It seems you know everyone or you have this openness of like, I want to get to know you. Um, and when you get to know Lyndon, she's actually really funny with her stories that she experienced <laughs> and the way she owns them and well. And you, Alex, you had this um, calmness, but positive the way you look at people while they, you talk to them it's very inviting to me my observation how I do the conversation with them and you, for both of you, you you just have this this confidence when you come into the room and then by experiencing you hey you all in um it was very exciting for me hey I really want to get to know them hearing stories from you from others but then also to get to know you and having those coaches that was really cool for me Come on, that's so exciting. And then, of course, background-wise, Alex is a squadron commander. And um, For all of those all of you who do not know what that is, he is in the Air Force and uh, command, commanding uh, a troop. Uh, I'll, I'll let you describe what that exactly is, a squadron, but a unit of men, of soldiers, and uh, was just in Afghanistan. Uh, helping um, his squadron was helping people being lifted out of Afghanistan to the neighboring countries and uh, so excited that you are here. You were, I think, on the very last plane that left Kabul in Afghanistan this year and uh, we're just so excited. We're so thankful for your service. Thank you for what you do and I know uh, it's not just uh, those trips that you take to different countries around the world, helping people, but also uh, here in the States, here um, in our church, in Seacoast Church, and in this environment. Lyndon is Vice President of Operations for a very large uh, hospital here in Charleston. Uh, I like, like to call her just the boss. Yeah, she's just the boss. She's I mean, boss. she is the boss. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she has had uh, an amazing career, not just as in her, in her business, uh, where she's working in, in the health side of, uh, of business, but also as a wife, as a mother. And uh, we're so excited to get to know you. They have two children, Jacob and Izzy, and we know them as well. And they're just wonderful children. Yeah. They're a wonderful expression of how you are as parents. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? Introduce us to you. No, oh, man, I, I think you got it all, you guys. That uh, was a good, good summary of uh, maybe what we do. 
uh, and I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of, of who we are and, uh, and a little bit of how we got to where we are. Anything from your side, Lyndon? No, you hit it. All right. You want to go into what the one thing is people like to know where do you meet each other, you know, and that's what I love about your story. Where have you met? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll jump in and Lyndon, Lyndon, obviously jump in where, uh, where your perspective is a little bit different than mine, but um, I was going to college at the Air Force Academy in Colorado. I grew up in Southern California and Lyndon grew up in Denver, Colorado. She was going to uh, University of Colorado Boulder at the time. So you would think um, Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, a girl from Denver, that's like a natural meetup, uh, pretty simple. That's not actually how it happened at all. I think God had this great plan for us to meet, um, probably in Colorado. It was probably really simple. We were probably supposed to meet at a church there or something. And uh, we just we just kept not listening to what God's plan was. So he made it work out anyway. Both of us were on spring break in college in South Padre Island, Texas, uh, with our own little friend groups. And we happened to meet our first encounter. I wouldn't say we've really met. Our first encounter was at a Circle K gas station <laughs> at about two o'clock in the afternoon uh, in South Padre Island, Texas. And uh, her friends and my friends uh, all started chatting up with each other. And uh, and and I, I wish I could say we were down there on some great mission trip or something like that. We were not. <laughs> we were down there being college kids. Um, and uh, fortunately, we we ended up actually having the opportunity to talk later that night. Um, while we were all out with our friends and her and I hit it off right away, I think. And, uh, and we both found out pretty quickly that, that we were both Christians and, and, uh, the very, that was the very first night that we were both there. And then I saw her again the second night by the third night, we were deliberately hanging out with each other. And, and, uh, and by the end of all, I made sure I got her, I, I almost didn't get her phone number. <laughs> Thankfully I remembered at the last second to get her phone number. Uh, and then I called her when when we got back home and we went on our first official date to a Colorado Rockies baseball game. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. And and how long did it take to get married, Lyndon? So we got engaged four months after we met. And then we got married nine months after that. And then the the day after we got back from our honeymoon, we packed up and we said goodbye to everyone and everything we knew and moved to the middle of nowhere in Columbus, Mississippi. Um, and, and that's where we got to know each other wow. <laughs> once we were married and, and living in the middle of nowhere. That is true. So, so it's really like you, you two and your family against the rest of the world from the very beginning. It was. And I think that that year was pretty foundational to, uh, to figure it out and decide kind of what we, what we wanted to be and who we wanted to be as a couple. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, one thing that I've heard you constant, uh, consistently say to us in our conversations is, you know, we we don't deserve this. Uh, we don't deserve the life that we're living. We don't deserve, you know, um, the jobs that we have, uh, the careers that we've made and the kids that we have. And why is that? Why do you say that? You know, we say that because it's it's true. It really is. Um, both Alex and I grew up in families with pretty significant dysfunction. Um, for me, because of that, you know, I, I spent my time and energy seeking validation and seeking purpose um, from the, the things of this world. I put my value in what other people think of me. Um, and the things that I wanted for my life, they were 
shallow, they were short-lived. Um, and, and really kind of despite that, like I said, God had this, this plan for us. So I, I ended up with this amazing man, um, as my husband and my, my partner, um, we ended up with this amazing family and this, this amazing life. Um, and, and we really didn't do anything to deserve it. Um, you know, our life has been an incredible adventure, um, with the military and everything that we've done. And, um, we put a lot of time and energy always into thinking about the next steps and what, what we wanted it to be. Um, and at every turn, you know, we thought we knew what we wanted and most of the time it didn't work out that way. Um, and for a long time, I think we would, we would question God and, you know, why didn't we get what we wanted? Why did this turn out that way? And, and then, then we were able to look back and realize that the thing that we thought we missed out on was pivotal to something so much better. Yeah. Um, and so we started realizing that what God had for us um, was better and, and our inability to trust him didn't stop him from blessing us. He blessed us anyways. Yeah. I think eventually we kind of learned to surrender that and kind of just go, God, we only want what you want for us. Um, and so we learned to just start to seek him in our next steps and appreciate the blessings, um, even though we didn't do anything to earn them. We don't deserve them. Um, we realize to just recognize that they are just good gifts from a loving father. Yeah. And when you say um, dysfunctional, your backgrounds and your families that you grew up in, how did that uh, play itself out? Um, I'll, I'll let Alex answer too. But for me, um, my mom had um, significant mental health issues. She had um, significant issues with, um, you know, food and eating and and so in her mind, how you looked was what mattered. Um, and I took that on. I took that to be the most important thing. And then uh, my father was a, a very angry guy and not a loving guy. Um, and so his approval was um, dependent upon um, success and doing things. And so, um, and so I took those on as, as being what was important um, and what was valued. And I took my value in, in those things. And those things were, were rooted pretty deep um, and, and definitely contributed to some challenges. Yeah, that's incredible that you say that because those are the two main things that a lot of people struggle with uh, in their identity. Uh, wanting to be, you know, confirmed as a, you know, a successful and uh, having your father's, you know, approval as you're saying, and, and, and the other side of things, how we present ourselves to the world and wanting to be, you know, likable and uh, beautiful. Um, so those are, I'm sure a lot of people listening in can totally identify with what you're saying, Lyndon. How about you, Alex? Yeah, not, not too dissimilar. Um, I grew up in a, in a, in a home with an uh, alcoholic father and yeah, a lot of dysfunctions, uh, in an easy way to say it. Um, and I, I, I fled that scenario. Basically I ran off and joined the military. Like I was, I was that kid who, who left home and, um, when I, I didn't think about it at the time that I was, that I was trying to escape and get away from it, but that's basically what it was. You know, I need, I needed to get out of there. And, um, unfortunately some of the things that lingered were, were, uh, also needing approval from, from men in my life. Like I didn't, I felt like I, I didn't have that from my father. And so you, you know, you spent a lot of time, uh, 
seeking it, whether it's with approval from coaches or, or, you know, success in your job, just, just constantly needing the approval of people, you know, of the world rather than um, being satisfied with the fact that, that my future and, and the goodness in my life is, is always going to be provided by a higher father. Than so. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those, um, just being vulnerable, being open and sharing how, how you experienced that. And, you know, when Rebecca and I met you and uh, we've been together now for, I don't know, maybe uh, a year and we've gotten to know you and we've gotten to experience your family and you just hardly see anything out of, you know, all that, those difficulties, all those challenges, all those problems that you experienced. It's very hard to even identify that as we, you know, talk together, as, as we see your examples. So you must have been able to overcome those uh, different issues um, as we all are. I'm sure you're still dealing uh, with some of them, um, but how, how did that process work itself out? How did you overcome those challenges? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, first and foremost, probably a miracle, right? The grace of God is, is yeah. what, is what changes that. I mean, that, that's really it. There's, there's, uh, I, I know everybody have, has um, issues in their life that they grew up with, and a lot of people don't escape. We were able to escape them because, because of our faith, because we became Christians, and when we were able to turn this all over to God, and then, and then, outside of that, I think it's a, been a learned process for us. So you know, Lyndon, Lyndon talked about it. Our, uh, our always trying to plan for our future, and it, and it never being. This is our seventh, our seventh city. That our family has lived in. We've moved seven times because of the military, and never one of the times we moved anywhere was it somewhere we wanted to go or were planning to go. It was always a little bit different, and it's so easy for us to look back and now and see how how perfect that plan was. That it wasn't what we wanted, but it was what we needed. And so, so over, I mean, we're talking, you know, twenty years of us going through this together as a family. We have learned that. We're, we really are not in control. So it, I, I would say this is one of the, the best advantages of, of the adventure we've been on as a military family is you really, you really are not in control. Somebody else is telling you where you're going to live, how long you're going to live there, what job you're going to do, you know, and that shapes where your kids go to school, the, the career that Lyndon can have, that kind of stuff. And so we, it's a learned behavior to uh, really relinquish control of, of this bigger plan. And then just be um, be content with with where God has us. And you know, back to what Lyndon said, we don't we don't deserve this stuff. We we constantly live with that. Like why why is it always worked out so well for us? You know, we don't we are we are far from perfect people. We have along this twenty year adventure, we have screwed up so many times. We have tried so many times to wreck God's plan, and He keep, keeps coming through for us. So we've learned that as well. That there's nothing we can do. That is, that is too much for God, that God can't overcome. We cannot possibly screw up enough for his plan to, to not come through in the end. That's yeah. Fine. So like on the one side, of course, um, God's love, God's grace, God's miraculous power breaking in. And uh, we can totally uh, see that. We've uh, experienced that also in our lives and him taking control of, you know, your destinations and all of that. But what kind of decisions did you have to make along the way to be able to to be able to walk in that plan? I think one of the big decisions that we had to make was <clears throat> um, to lean in in the times where we wanted to give up 
Um, you know, I think that sometimes it, it, when we were at the darkest places that we've been in our marriage and, and in our lives, um, it would have been easy to throw in the towel. Um, and I think that it, the decision was, um, you know, to, to lean in, you know, I just, you know, as an example, I think one of the, one of the toughest times that we went through was right after we had our first kid. Um, again, I was pretty career focused and, um, you know, we had this plan that we were going to maybe have kids later. Um, and we got pregnant much sooner than we expected to. Um, and so, especially for me, um, that, that really shook me. Um, and so I went from this plan that I thought I had for my life, um, to now I'm, I'm not working. I'm home with a baby. Um, I had some postpartum depression. Um, and not only that, but I, Alex is still out traveling the world and having his career. And I think I was jealous of him and, you know, and so, um, and, and some of those insecurities came back in, you know, he's, he's out traveling and meeting people and being around people and I'm home and I'm alone. And, um, you know, some of those, again, physical insecurities from pregnancy come, come rolling back in and, um, and, and instead of giving up, we decided to lean in. And I had to go through realizing, you know, that his struggles were not about me personally. Um, and he had to decide to learn how to love someone with depression and, um, and stand by me, even when it was tough. And so I think that those are some of the decisions where um, it, it ended up making us stronger, but it was certainly not the easy road to lean in, it would have been a lot easier um, to, to give up at those points. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I can piggyback on that, I, I think one of the biggest things for, for us specifically, our, our marriage and our family and um, being, being where we are today is acceptance of who we are, of how God made us. And, and, I, and I don't mean as uh, just as sons and daughters of God, which of course we are, but I mean, he, God made Lyndon to, to be a woman who, who wants to succeed, to be a career woman, to want to work, right? That she gets fulfillment out of that. And, and I have a lot of friends who are flying for the airlines right now. And, and that, that's a very successful, lucrative career for some people. And, and God just didn't make me that way. He made me, he made me to, to want to continue to be in the military and lead. As a matter of fact, God made us both to be leaders is how we feel about it. And so we, we realized a long time ago that yeah, our family's probably not going to look like a lot of families, that there might be some easier paths, that, that Lyndon wasn't, wasn't made to be a stay-at-home mom. And, that, and that's an amazing for some people where, where there's, um, uh, that works out so well for so many families and certainly not knocking that, but this is not the way that God made Lyndon. And so us embracing that, that like, hey, this, this is how God, God made Lyndon and our family is, gonna, is going to accept the sacrifices required to live how we are. And what, what that meant for Linda, she like went back to school, right? She's a highly educated woman. Linda has two master's degrees. And so it's continuing to pursue these things, two master's degrees with kids. She, she went back, she got her first master's degree right after our daughter was born. And so being a, being a brand new mom with babies and going through that process is, that is not, that is not normal. So, but it, it, that started with us accepting that, okay, we're not, we're not going to fight who God made us. We're going to accept how God made us, that God made us who we are. And we're going to follow this, this path that he clearly wants us to go down. I mean, coming from these dysfunctional families, you probably also didn't have then those role models of, I want to be like my dad, or I want to be like my mom. So when you were in struggle, 
you probably did not turn around and ask them, how should I do that? I mean, where did you got this help from? It's beside you figure out who you think God made you to be and you want to support each other in that. But how? where did you find role models? Where did you find um, people that you could learn from and can help you in your marriage and your challenges? The church, for sure. The, the, my, my answer is the church. So uh, make no mistake, like we, we're still struggling. I still struggle with some of these things. I, I still find myself like seeking approval of, you know, from bosses and stuff like that, or, or, um, or other people in my life, like, like seeking that. But what, what really helped me was, um, leaning on men in the church. So, so not, not just since we lived in Charleston and, and going to Seacoast church, um, although that's been a, a significant, significant impact in our lives, but finding for me, a brotherhood of men in the church who can help me stay accountable and help point me in the right direction. And, correct me when I'm wrong, right? You have those close friends that, that pull you aside and say, hey, I, I think you're doing this thing for the wrong reason, even if it's the right thing. You, you know, it's possible to do the right thing for the wrong reason. Having men that can hold you accountable for that is what's really, really helped me. And we were really blessed too early on. Like I said, we moved away from our families, which was a good thing. Um, but it was, we didn't know anyone. Um, and the first people that we ended up being surrounded by in the military um, were Christian couples. And I think that we really, and that ended up being our best friends to this day. And we saw how they modeled their relationship um, and, and even some of how um, their parents were. And I think that we saw that there was another way. Um, I think that we saw that we wanted our family to be different than our families of origin were and that that was possible. Um, and then we were able to, again, have that accountability of our friends that um, that were in the church. So as we were growing in our faith, we were growing in our relationships with them um, and we were learning from them. So, you know, again, God just kind of infused these these people and these um, opportunities into our life where we were able to see that there there was a better way. And, and they would hold us accountable if they saw us, you know, kind of going back down the wrong roads. That's awesome. And. I, you know, I feel like it's we, Rebecca and I are so privileged to know you and to have you uh, as our friends here in Charleston. Uh, just the story that you've gone through, the journey that you've gone through, and just like you said, Lyndon, how you've leaned in uh, in situations that was easy to lean out, situations that it was easy to sidestep. Um, you decided to uh, lean in and, and now you're reaping the fruit and reaping the benefits as you as you move forward in that. Um, it's that's so cool, and uh, we're, we're so excited that you uh, were a part of the second uh, unstoppable round that you went through those 90 days and uh, came on board, and that we were able to get to know you a little bit more. Um, how were those 90 days for you? What was your experience? Did you know what you were expecting when you turned up on the first Saturday? Not at all. <laughs> um, we were uh, had been invited by the Gilmers and really had no idea what what we were getting ourselves into and um, i think that we thought it was just kind of a marriage thing and we were like sure we were actually uh, very specifically in a season of yes where we were trying to say yes to god and so we we showed up that first day and um we really had no idea but again it ended up being so much better than what we probably even could have hoped for um because it took 
you know, like Alex said, we both, we both do love leadership and we feel like we're called into leadership and we, we both have done really well in leadership in our careers. Um, and then we've also been part of things in the church um, and we've been part of, you know, hikes and small groups. Um, and, and so then unstoppable kind of bringing those things together of how do you grow as a Christian leader um, and how do you develop personally, but in, in faith while developing as a person, um, just, it, it was the perfect right thing, but we had absolutely no idea what we were getting ourselves into. How about you, Alex? Yeah, very similar. We, we said, yes, we trust the Gilmers. We knew them, right? So it's, that's always helpful when you have somebody that, uh, that, that's already in your inner circle encouraging you to do something. And, and we were in that season of saying yes, did not know what we were doing. Um, but, but I remember Tim, I remember the very first session we went to of Unstoppable, uh, uh, where you were leading and, and we were talking about find your why, and you were, you were, you were sharing some Simon Sinek and that really, really, um, hit me because, because what Lennon said, the leadership stuff, I mean, I, these, these are the types of books that like leaders read. These are the things that, that leaders think about. And I was immediately drawn to the fact that this wasn't just a group where we're going to come share all, all of our feelings, which that's important and that's part of it, but but it was also providing us tools, very specific, practical tools for how to grow, right? So these are some things that you you should be doing uh, in your faith. And and just like Lyndon said, like I've spent, we both have spent a lot of time uh, in, in, in sort of the self-improvement realm with education and reading books. And I listen to podcasts about leadership and as a squadron commander, how passionate I am about about leading my squadron and my people and my profession. Why don't I have those tools to lead in my faith as well? And I felt like Unstoppable was the, really the first thing I've ever uncovered that was helping me to provide me those tools to become a leader in my faith, just like I am in my career. That's awesome. That sounds great. Um, what were some of the big sort of aha moments? We call them in Unstoppable, we call them the Kairos moments when uh, God breaks in, when uh, we, we talk about Kairos being a moment where the window of heaven opens and, you know, his presence comes through and uh, it, it stops us. It stops us in our tracks. It stops us in our thinking. And we have to uh, think about how we want to lean in, how we want to respond to um, what God is saying. What were those some of those moments during those 90 days? For me, it was really the owning your story. Um, I think that, again, I had, you know, given my testimony or, you know, been in different scenarios where I would share. Um, and, and I was really comfortable with sharing 90% of my story. You know, I, I, I could talk to you all day long about postpartum depression. I could talk to you all day long about, you know, my family of origin. Um, but God really put it on my heart to release the other 10%. And that was the, you know, the wow. inner prison, the part of my story that maybe I hadn't dealt with yet, or I still was struggling with, and I still was feeling shame for. Um, and he was like, I want to bring this stuff to light, not just the stuff you're comfortable talking about. I want you to dig in and I want you to open up about these things in, in your past and in your life um, that you don't want to share. Um, and it was by doing that, that it really then it opened up the the community it opened up the relatability um and then it really opened up the opportunity to lean in and and to start to 
process and and deal with some of those things. So it was that aha moment of, I, I want it all. I want it all out on the table. I don't want the 90% um, that you're comfortable with. I want you to dig in and get real. Um, and so that was the big one for me. That's awesome. So what was the reaction of the group when you started to share that 10%? So awesome. Um, so many, you know, for me, it was a lot around um, history of eating disorders. And then the fact that I was still struggling, you know, with, with binge eating disorder, which is just sounds just awful. I hate, I hate the term. It was so gross. It's so shameful. Um, and, and then when I decided to share it, um, first it was acceptance, it was, you know, love. And then it was, Hey, I'm struggling with that too, or I have struggled or I can relate to that. Um, and so it was just empowering of, not only was it a safe place to share, but it was something that maybe other people needed to hear because they had struggled with it too. Um, so it was really incredible and, and not a single person, you know, looked disgusted or walked away or, um, you know, stopped talking to me. So it was really powerful. That's awesome to hear. How about you, Alex? Yeah, uh, for me, I think it was the, the, uh, the know your enemy part uh, was significant to me. Um, um, what I think is, I, I think the, the enemy is out to get us all and uh, is smart enough to know how to get us to. And, and it's it attacks everybody different. And um, I'm going I'm to use some military uh, analogies here because this is how I think. And, and, and this is, this is uh, what I speak to uh, or what, what speaks to me rather. Um, you, you don't, you're not going to, uh, you, you have to understand your enemies where your enemy is going to attack to know how to put up the proper defenses, right? To know what to do. I mean, even even Sun Tzu said, "Attack where your enemy is weak." And so I, I'm in. A, I was in a place in my life right now where I'm I'm leading a men's hike. We're very involved in the church. We're very involved with our kids. Um, you know, I've got a men's group, and those things are all fantastic. Um, and and they're certainly helping me in my faith, but but they weren't really helping me. Um, in the areas where I'm struggling and, and, and particularly the, the, the know your, the enemy gets me in discipline. I like to do a lot of things. I don't like to sleep. I, I like to, I, I'm passionate about like leading in my squadron. And then I come home and I, and I'm going to baseball games with my kids, um, which is amazing. And then, and I love to watch Dodger games, which those are, those are West coast games that start at like 10 PM. And so what I was finding was that I was never sleeping. And this, and this was um, my quiet time in the mor- is in the morning. This is when I have free time. This is what starts my day. This is like, this is how I get things on track. And it's pretty easy to give up that quiet time when there's, when there's no real accountability there, right? I go to bed at one o'clock in the morning and I could get up at six and do my quiet time or I could sleep until seven and just go to work. It's pretty easy to just sleep until seven. And so it, it, it took this lesson of the, of, understand of know your enemy of finding where it is to understand that this is where the enemy was getting me is in these were not bad things that that were causing conflicts for me they were all good my my work was good my my going to family baseball games is good watching the dodgers is great everybody should watch the dog but but they but they were they were competing things and unfortunately all three of those things were were i was putting ahead of time with God. And be clear, I still suck at this. I'm still fighting this like very specific enemy. And so going through that and, and talking it, talking through this with the other men 
was very, very helpful in understanding like this is the area where, where the enemy is going to come get me is in, is in this lack of discipline. And I, and my priorities are a little bit misaligned, right? Having your family as, as a high priority is super important. Shouldn't be the highest priority. So incredible to hear that from a squadron commander. My challenge, my enemy was a lack of discipline. That, yeah. that is encouraging to all of us. <laughs> I mean, you are married and so the unstoppable you did as a married couple, but a lot of it, like even your aha moment, your charis moments are in different areas. How much did this strengthen you in a marriage because you were working on your issues individually? Uh, here's where, where I see it help. And we'll probably both have, have a different perspective on this too. But where, where I see it is um, Lyndon, Lyndon is getting some of the love and support and the help that I can't give her. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, it's made it really, really, um, it's made our marriage better because she has a higher self-awareness. And it's just, there, there are some things that a husband can't give I give her, I'll give her everything. There are just some areas where, where I'm, I'm not strong enough or I'm just not the right person to give her the love and support that she has. And so her getting that need filled ha- has been really, really, really beneficial to me because she, she's happier and able to deal, deal with these things and it makes my life better. It's, it's awesome. That's good. Lyndon, I still suck at the discipline thing, so don't 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 wrap me out too much. I mean, I was up late last night watching the Dodgers. So don't you know what time me. did you come to bed last night? No. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, it's the playoffs. We're getting to the playoffs. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, and I think too, for us, we are married, and you know, Alex is you know my husband and the love of my life, but we're also partners and we're also a team. Um, and, I, and I also see him as a mentor and a leader. I, I go to him for advice on, Hey, what should I do with this, you know, situation with the people in my work? And so him becoming a leader, um, in him growing in, in his leadership, but on the faith side, um, it, we were able to do this together and it grew our partnership maybe as much or more as it grew, you know, the romantic part of our, of our marriage. And so to go through something like this together um, and grow in our roles as leaders together, um, I think it strengthened us as a team, maybe even more than, you know, as a marriage. Yeah, I don't, guys, I don't know. This is amazing. I don't know any other commanders who, who get to come home and have like real hardcore leadership discussions with, their spouse. I mean, it's amazing. You know, we, we would come home and we would, we, there's a place that we like, go, go have a beer, go have a glass of wine. And we would just talk about some of these really, really challenging leadership things. We're both, we're both leaders in our, in our own organizations mm-hmm. and you need people to, to lean on. So like her, me being able to have that at home, having that kind of a partner at home to be able to oh, just what, a, what an amazingly unique blessing we have. I need to I need to hone in on those conversations. Join you one time. Take my uh, my journal along with me and take note. That's awesome. That sounds great. That's awesome. Now, um, you know, at the end of the uh, ninety days, um, we talked to you about becoming coaches, and we were so so excited when you said yes. And um, now you have your own coaching groups. Um, 
that you've taken on in this next round of 90 days. How has that been for you? How has that impacted you? Um, what, have you has your leadership gone up another level or um, what's been going on? No, I, um, we were honored um, when you guys asked us to be coaches, but I know for me, I just definitely felt like um, this is not something that I'm ready to do. I'm not, you know, far enough in my faith. I, I, you know, I can't answer you know, some of these coaches, just the, you know, the biblical knowledge that they have and the insight that they have. And, um, and so I, I just felt like, man, I could never do a good job at this. And, um, this, you know, one really amazing leader that I know named Alex Pelbath once told me that, um, God, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I love that. And I, you know, clung to that where, you know, the ladies that, you know, God is going to put in my group, he knows what they need. And so again, I can just trust him. And as long as I'm, you know, vulnerable and honest and open, um, I'm going to be what they need. I'm going to be enough. And so it's continued for me to work through um, insecurities or, you know, feeling like I'm not enough. Um, by being able to just be like, here I am, God, send me um, and trust that you guys have the discernment and that he is going to put the people in front of me that need to be there. So it it certainly has um, leveled up my faith um, in in just knowing that if God's going to call me to it, he's going to bring me through it. And um, and so it's been awesome. It's been super cool. And, you know, I still am going to every time struggle um, with that and with those insecurities. So it's going to continue to grow me. So good. Wow. Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, just point, point of clarification. Those weren't, weren't actually my words. I do love that quote. God doesn't qualify. <laughs> that, that comes, that comes from a fantastic uh, book on Christian leadership. So um I feel a little bit the same way too. I felt very, very unqualified and not ready. Um, what I think uh, two significant things of, of you guys asking us to come into leadership role that have helped me is one, you know, when, when you're a leader, you feel a greater sense of responsibility mm-hmm. yeah, to be prepared, to, to listen just a little bit harder, to think like a little bit, a little bit more about what you're doing. And, uh, and it, it's, it can be easy if, if you're just uh, attending to maybe, to maybe, something else has come up and you're going to miss that. You can't as a leader, you can't miss it because, because you're, you're the one doing it. You're the one running it. So um, that has helped a lot in the, in the focus. And then the, the second significant thing is that we're still getting coaching for specifically from you guys. Rebecca, you said something the other day that struck me. And that was, we, we were talking about praying for people, listening to their story and praying. And you said, Hey, some, you know, sometimes it's okay to not hear all their words. What you should be saying when, when they're talking is, is, is we should one ear on them. And one ear on what Jesus is trying to tell us. Mm-hmm. That is not something I thought of before. So the fact that I'm still getting, I'm getting like a higher level of coaching now that I'm a coach has, has been of tremendous value um, in these second 90 days. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so your feedback and your analysis and how you're aware of all this is just absolutely awesome because a lot of people will look at you both as a couple and individually. And, you know, the way you've been able to talk about your insecurities is just awesome because they'll, they'll feel, no, these guys, you know, they have it all together. They've got their family. They, um, you know, they're leaders at their business. They're, you know, 
what do you mean you would you can't imagine yourself being a coach um you're already doing it and you're you know and all these kind of things but just the very fact that you struggle with those things and that you share about those struggles it's just so encouraging and uplifting and uh, makes you even more of a role model makes you even more of a leader strengthens your leadership and uh, so we're so excited um, i would you ask have... you again oh good that's good to hear <laughs> awesome any other questions rebecca from your side no i'm just thankful for the way you are the way you're um allowing your life to be an example for others i think that's a leadership more than ever nowadays people they don't really want to look for the perfect even though we kind of aim for the perfect but they want to look the path how do you get there yeah and by opening up by sharing by also saying i don't know even you as a leader if someone asks something you don't know even admitting i don't know but maybe someone else has a question makes it so oof, i can relax a bit taking off the pressure of like you mentioned in the beginning um linden your dad you know it's the performance and you know the success that you get it's yes we want success but we want to we want to have it sustainable we want to leave it on a day-by-day -day basis so it's who am i yeah and so the way you do that it's awesome and it's also encouragement for all the listeners and us you know the way that god made us yeah. to be it's that we can be daily in a relationship with yeah. him and not just be driven to uh, that we we're driven of almost missing yep. out of where we are right now and in the now being content in the now knowing there's a father in heaven and loves us we can overcome our past it doesn't determine my future it doesn't mean i can experience terrible things you didn't pick your parents your families and god called you out but it also meant you said yes you were courageous of saying, you know what, let's create something new together. And you were allowing other people to step in and helping you or you pick people. And so that's, I think it's a great encouragement for all other couples too. Maybe you struggle with something now, but um, there's a new tomorrow and there's a new beginning tomorrow possible with God. And we can overcome by just making different kind of decisions. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I think one of the big takeaways for me from from this uh, conversation together is just the fact that you you know the way you said that, Lyndon, about uh, leaning in. Um, there, there was so many opportunities for you both to lean out, for you both you know just to get outside and uh, not engage with each other, not engage with that change. And every bit of change that we experience is is has something to do with pain. It's a painful thing to. Um, own up, own your story. It's a painful thing to ask for forgiveness. It's painful to, you know, uh, take a next step, even though um, you're not on the same page together, but you just have to go through it. And, and you decided uh, to lean in. And that's my big takeaway, uh, leaving this also just encouraging other couples and other people as, as they come into these challenging situations um, and how they want to overcome them. The first step along the way is a decision. I'm leaning in. Yeah. Um, and what I love too, in your feedback, Alice, beginning, you said, you know, when you look back, it's not maybe you got what you wanted, but what you needed. Yeah. And maybe rephrasing the prayer, less asking God, telling him what you want, but maybe asking him, what do I need? Yeah. You know, which is hard. It's the need is not very often what we want, but it's actually where we can grow. So that was a Kairos reflection question for me too. Yeah, that's absolutely awesome. Rebecca, would you yeah. pray for the Palbas? Yeah. 
Father, thank you so much for Alex and Lyndon. Thank you so much, Father. They're really a couple you loved out of their circumstances. You've seen them and you always knew, I, I want to take you in another path. Trust me, give me your hands and follow me. And they did, Father, with yes, not everything they did or not every decision they made was the right one, but you never left their side. You yeah. never um, stopped blessing them. You never stopped growing them. You never stopped also allowing them to grow into desires and callings that you have given them. They're both leaders um, on a level where they can impact others, but not just by telling them what to do, but just um, giving them an example. You said, hey, imitate me like I'm imitating my father. So this means we can find you in Alex and Lyndon, we can find you in other people. So thank yeah. you that you bless all those listeners as well, yeah. while they maybe reflect their past, while yeah. they maybe reflect where they are right now to even asking who is in our life and who yeah. do we need in our life? Who do we need to imitate? Who yeah. do we need to lean in and learn from so that we can grow further and that they can yeah. start trusting you even more for their um, provision. Thank you for your blessing and provision that you will continue doing this with the pal baths, but also with the listeners. You yeah. are a good God. Yeah. You're not making any mistakes. And that's why we keep on trusting you and believing in you. And that's why we can become unstoppable yeah. because you are absolutely for us. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Now, I know a lot of listeners will, will be wanting to connect with you. And uh, I'm, I don't know. Are you big on Instagram or Facebook? Um, I know. Yeah, that we're Alex both Palbath, out there on all of it. <clears throat> come on, Alex Palbath is also getting interviews from CNN and Fox and becoming a, a, a world star in his own right, uh, all to do with... Two words. I sent the interview to my parents in Switzerland, so you've been watching it. International. Too. International. <laughs> with the engagement, with his engagement uh, in uh, Afghanistan. So that's absolutely awesome. How do we get in contact with you if we want to contact you? Um, you, you can get uh, Twitter at AP Alex Belbath. That's probably the best way. That's good. For me. And then just one point of clarification from the beginning. Uh, you, you, men you mentioned maybe soldiers, nothing against soldiers. They're fantastic too, but I'm an Air Force. So, so I, an Air Force squadron commander. Not to, not to be confused with our army or Marine Corps brethren. <laughs> Thank you for that, Alex. That's we're awesome. Both, we're both on Instagram. We're both on um, Facebook, um, and certainly can share out email addresses as well if anybody wants to connect. Yeah. What's your handle on Instagram, Lyndon? Uh, I think it's just Lyndon Pelbath. There you go. Mine's the same at AP Alex Pelbath. All right. Perfect. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Have a Thanks great week. Thank you so much. Bye now. You guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Unstoppable Duo Show. We pray that you were encouraged and were able to take away an idea of how your marriage can become a little more unstoppable this week. Are you looking for more? Twice a year, Rebecca and Tim coach a small number of couples through their 90-day Unstoppable Breakthrough Experience. Why not join them and create the marriage you always believed was possible? Go to theunstoppableduo.com and register today. We look forward to seeing you next week right here on The Unstoppable Duo Show.